Effective communication is important because it helps identify your place in business decisions and personal decisions. Welcome to Communication Matters with Deborah Malnix. Anywhere you go, with everything you do, wherever you live, and whoever you know, communication matters. Now, here's your host, Deborah Malnix. Good morning, everyone. My name is Deborah Malinix, and I am the host of Voice America Radio. We have a wonderful show for you today with our guest, Dr. Rodney Altimos, Dean at Bucks County Community College, Upper Bucks Campus in Percocet, PA. <laughs> Dr. Altimos is a visionary leader and lifelong learner who has worked in higher education throughout his career. He earned his undergraduate degree in communication studies from York College of Pennsylvania, his master's in college counseling from Shippensburg University, and his doctorate in education from Wilmington University in leadership and innovation. As dean, Dr. Altimos is responsible for providing leadership that continually promotes diversity, inclusion, and equity on campus. His primary goal is to provide a stimulating environment with enthusiastic support and motivation so students can achieve their highest academic and personal success. Dr. Altimos is a strong believer in giving back to the community, which is so nice to hear, I must add, and devotes much of his free time volunteering with the Trevor Project, an organization that works with LGBT youth struggling with suicide. He is active in its financial strength and development, having raised over $25,000 this past year to help continue to support the organization's goal. goals. Welcome, Dr. Altimos. We are very happy to have you as a guest on Voice America Radio. Welcome. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And, you know, in reading your, your intro, it is so nice to hear because you are so involved, not only in communications, but really in communications that provide positive return. And this show is, is about communications and how important they are in life and how they can make a difference. And in reading your, your introduction, you're, you're working so much in communications on a daily basis with students, with your volunteer work. How important do you feel that communications are, good communications in life today? Well, I actually truly believe that mastering the success of communications, whether that be um, just using good content or excellent delivery skills, it really allows you to connect with people, helps you become engaged in helping advance those folks in what they want to do. Just for example, you know, if a student comes into my office and they start talking about um, some of their goals, I truly want to be engaging with them. I want to give them the good content that they can walk away with some good information, but also keep them engaged with how I deliver that information. You know, oftentimes we're very bored by listening to someone who may have some really good content, but they really don't deliver in a way that really keeps someone engaged. So I really believe that um, the art of communication is, is hugely important. It doesn't matter what field of study you're in, where you're employed, you're always communicating with someone. You know, it's interesting because a lot of, of times when I'm working with students, they are communicating digitally. And one of the things I personally feel about communication is that the facial expression, the tone of what you're saying are all little clues as to how important it is, as to what that makes you feel like, the type of messaging that you're relaying. Do you feel that a lot of that is lost as today more and more individuals seem to communicate at a larger percentage with digital, with their computers, rather than face-to-face? 
You know, the world is surely evolving. And I think the pandemic has truly um, made us all pivot to something different than what it used to be. Um, I can just kind of tell a, a, a story here real quick, if you don't mind. Oh, I love stories. Sure. So <laughs> when I was in the process of doing my doctorate, um, I was asked by Bucks County Community College to say, Rodney, do you want to see if you can pilot a public speaking class online? Can you teach that class online? And I really felt like there was a disconnect there that how can you teach a public speaking class, you know, via a computer? You don't have the same stage. You don't have that same opportunity to connect with the audience. And I was in my doctoral program and we always kind of had a good welfare of, you know, what's happening in your lives. And I, I brought that to my class and my advisor at me and she said, there's your dissertation topic. Can it be done? Is it effective? Can you truly help a student um, lessen their public speaking anxiety, um, truly gain those skills, that, that art of getting in front of people on an online class? So that, that ended up becoming my dissertation topic, really looking at can it be effective? Now, let's just fast forward the tape to today and think about how students are learning right now. Because of the pandemic, there is the face-to-face -face opportunities to learn are not as great. Here at Bucks County Community College, we have lots of hybrid ways now for students to be able to learn that they're learning just as we're communicating right now, that you know, it can be through a Zoom. But yes, um, I think that students still need this skill set to be able to communicate, you know. Um, you know, online, but when it's just a digital way, you do, as you suggested earlier, you lose some of that, um, that way of delivery because there's all different ways that people can interpret written messages versus them seeing my facial expression or hearing the tone in my voice or the enthusiasm or passion for what I'm talking about. Sometimes that's lost in the communication via just um, via texting or typing. You know, I think that as humans, as pack animals, our communication abilities rely so heavily on what we are seeing when we're talking to the person. You know, if you're talking with someone and they're constantly looking at their watch, you immediately get the feeling they're not interested. They want to get to where they're going. If you look at someone and they're distracted, they're looking around as if they're waiting for someone or who's in the room, do I know anyone here again? The way you react to that person communicating to them is not nearly as effective because they're not a part of that conversation. And I sometimes wonder if in the future, 50 years from now, 70 years from now, we will be communicating much less verbally and much more through automation. And I think that we would lose something because I think the expressions that a person makes when they are talking to you, even if you're saying something that's, oh, I've been under such stress, the look of sadness that they might convey on their face is a message that they're listening to you. Or if you tell them some good news and they say, that's great, and they smile, that again is an additional message that you're seeing, not just hearing. And I think all those elements in a, in a conversation with the person actually discussing face-to-face -face does make a difference. Now, that might be now. Who knows in the future? It might not be um, that, that strong an emphasis. But I think it's interesting of how people can communicate in so many different ways. And there are some you just love to talk to. There are, and, and we all know those people. I love talking to this person. They're so, they're so interesting. They have so many sides to any conversation that we bring. And I think that communication is one of the first steps we as individuals take in order to connect. 
And I don't care who you are. I think within every individual, there is an element of wanting to connect. And how we connect is through communication. It's one of the most elementary stages. It's one of the elementary steps. And if we do it well, we make what we call a good impression. And if you talk, and I'm sure you talk to a lot of people who are looking for jobs and you say, how did the interview go? So many times they'll say, well, I don't know. I I don't know if I really said the right things or I don't know if I, and so many times it's about, is there enthusiasm in your voice? Is there interest in your voice? Is there an ability to say, I really want to learn more about this because it sounds so interesting. Sometimes it's a matter of energy and communication that is based on visual signs and enthusiasm and honesty. And that means a lot. I am such a fan of communications. I I think that if you are good at communications, you will have a much more successful life. You know, I I teach a a few different undergraduate communication classes. And one of the words that I love to just push in front of a student and for them to be able to um, bring alive is that, that notion of passion. They need to have that passion about what they're talking about. It's not necessarily always what they're saying or how they're saying it. You also need to feel that. So it's that you need to have that passion about what you're talking about, what you're communicating um, to somebody. And just as you suggested, it, sometimes that passion just comes through with a smile. And it comes through with, you know, a glimmer of like, wow, or you kind of lean into somebody and you can feel where they're going with that. Sometimes people talk a little faster because they're excited about it, you know, louder. Those types of things, as you said earlier, we make it, it may get lost as we're just typing. And I think that it's, it's very accurate for us to all agree the, the value of communication um, face-to-face. Well, I think, too, one of, one of the elements of communication is how you use it. I mean, I think that when you use communication, the more you use it, the better you get at it and the more comfortable you become. It's like walking into a room. We've all been to networking events and we always see, you know, a, a nice majority of the, of the people talking, but there are always the group around the table drinking or not talking to anybody. And, and I think they leave this networking event and they haven't met anyone. I always give myself a goal. I want to meet 90% of the people in this room and I'm going to do it, which can be a lot to take on, especially if there are a lot of people there. But I've always found when you introduce yourself and when you begin the conversation, so many people might not be as comfortable at it as you are. And you give them an opportunity to say, oh, it's so nice to meet you. I'm glad you came up and, and what kind of work do you do, et cetera, et cetera. I think you can have fun with communications rather than be terrified by them. So many students and and individuals I work with say, well, I really don't know what to say. Well, think about it. There are a lot of people out there who don't know what to say. And talk to a lamp. That's my favorite piece of advice. Talk to a lamp. They don't talk back. They never give you any kind of problem. They never give you a hassle. And just make the introduction to the lamp. Hi, I'm so-and-so. This is what I do. Have a little speech prepared. You know, and I'm such a fan of humor. I think that humor brings us all on a very equal scale. Humor, I call a great equalizer because it enables us to both laugh at something. I once met a man at a um, a networking event and, and he worked for a large company I wanted to do work with. And I stopped him and I said, it is so great to see you again. I have to tell you that the conversation we had last time was so riveting. I had to tell anyone I met about it. And you could see the confusion in his eyes because he had no idea who I was. 
And I said, I thought about it for days and days afterwards. And everyone I relayed our conversation to was amazed at it. And finally, he said, I I am so sorry, but who are you? And I said, (laughs) oh, I'm just someone pulling your leg. And he burst into laughter. And all of a sudden, that laughter became a great equalizer. And he said, you really had me going for a while because I had no idea who you were or what we talked about. And I kept thinking, what was what was so riveting about our conversation? What could it be? Anyway, I did get an appointment um, with the company and I did do work with them. And it just started with conversation and humor. I think there's such power in conversation. I think there's such strength. And we all know people, when you talk to them, they just make you feel at ease they make you feel comfortable, and others who don't. And I'm fascinated by what it is about the way they approach conversation or how they relay it that can make you feel so comfortable or so ill at ease. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of it is practice, practice, practice. You know, take little groups and practice and, and try new techniques out and talk to the lamp. The lamp is a wonderful, wonderful aid in becoming more proficient in communication. Have you found personally over the years in working with students that communication is becoming less of a natural ability and more of a struggle for students? Or is it just a perception that conversation and communication is still very much in use and very much at ease with with many of the students? You know, we we oftentimes, facilitate workshops on campus, much like you were talking about, making that first good impression, how to do that if you're in a networking event, um, what's what's a, a, a topic, a generator for, you know, good conversation, so you have one in your back pocket, because oftentimes we're finding that students aren't as comfortable being in a setting like that. You know, in every program of study here at Bucks County Community College, a public speaking class is part of the curriculum because we value the fact that students need to learn and master this art of speaking in front of people. And some students are not, some people just in general are not wired to be able to be like you and I, get into a party, get into a networking event and want to meet 90% of the people there. Sometimes people are wired to, to get energy by just standing in the corner and observing. So it's our job to be able to help and give them a skill set to be able to feel comfortable. The notion I always push forward in my classes is it's not just practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect. So if they're delivering something to me. I want them not to be sitting on their couch and just reading it in their head. I want them, as you suggested, talking to their lamp, getting it out, letting um themselves feel how it how it, they hear it and feel that passion as they're delivering it. It's that perfect practice that makes perfect. You almost have to stretch yourself. The boundaries that you know are very comfortable, push yourself just a little bit in that networking event to be able to walk up to somebody or you know have that in your back pocket so when someone approaches you, you're also able to start that conversation and start feeling comfortable. It's perfect practice makes perfect. You know, you bring up a point in in your conversation, and that is the visualization visualization aspect of imagining yourself doing it. You're going to a networking event. You're going to, uh, you know, some business meeting. 
and actually imagining yourself circulating through the room, meeting people, talking to them. I am such a strong believer in visualization. I think that when you think it, your mind will respond by having you do it. That's why I really tell so many students and individuals, do not think negatively. I hear so many times, I can't do that. I just can't speak in public. Well, the more often you say you can't speak in public, the more that's going to make an impression on your mind, in your mind. So if you get up in front of a group, your mind's going to say, oh, you can't do this. Did you forget? You can't, you're not, not comfortable speaking in public. But the more you tell yourself that you love speaking in public, even if you hate it, your mind picks it up as a positive thought. I think positive thinking is really such an untapped skill that we all have. And to visualize ourselves doing it is really quite, quite, quite energetic and, and very, very positive. And especially in students and working with students today, I'm sure that you hear so many negative, I can't do that, this is too hard a course. Um, I'm sorry I took this because I don't think I'm going to pass. And the, it's approached with negativity rather than with, I'm going to do my best. I know if I do my best, then I've, got, then I've given it everything I can. But the negativity, when that takes over, I think that it really plays a very, very negative role in everything that you do, not just something that you were thinking about. I, I, I can't stress enough how powerful I think the mind is in giving us the ability to do the things that we want to do. And I'm always amazed when you read about successful people in sports or, or in their career, they say, I always thought of myself as a physician when I was a child. I always thought that I'd be a basketball player when I was a kid. I used to go to bed and just see myself. I would dream about, you know, going across the court or I imagine myself as an ice skater. All of those images are recorded in the mind. And in that mind, and it's just, it's a wonderful experience that we can use rather than saying, oh, I can't skate, I can't swim, I can't do this. Because the more you, you talk about the negativity in a communication, the more you will begin to believe it. 100%. There is a, a lot of research out there that indicates how your mind processes negative thoughts versus positive thoughts. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, there's a ton out there and how you get yourself so bogged down in the negativity that it doesn't allow that that positivity to surface. So if you can kind of flip the script and focus on the positive, you probably will yield some much greater results. And it, especially like it, when we're talking about communication, thinking about yourself getting in front of a, a group of people or interacting within your class or doing whatever in a positive way, you're probably going to succeed much much quicker. Well, let me take this on a personal level. Your communication skills are obviously very fine-tuned. I mean, you work with students, you work with adults, you work with people in a lot of different types of, of situations. Were you always good at communication or was it something that you really strove to become better and better at? That's a really great question. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 51 years old, so that would make, make me try to rewind the tape to when I was a teenager. And those those days were so great for me. And I remember always being one of those those high school kids to be able to get involved and do things and interrelate with people. So I want to say to you that it's always been part of my life. I'm, I'm one of those people that have been wired to be able to get energy from being with people, communicating with people. You know, my goal in life when I was in high school, not to be working as a dean at a college. I wanted to be a high school music teacher. That's what I wanted to do. And I'm a first generation college student. And I did not have the support of my parents at that point to be able to really pursue my dreams in music. So I ended up going to York College and kind of just 
doing a lot of good, but not necessarily in the classroom, outside of the classroom. I got myself involved in student government, got myself in giving tours um, for prospective students. I was doing all those things that capitalized on what I did well, and that was interrelating with people. And so as I'm trying to figure out what my next step in life was going to be, I wanted to utilize what I did well and what I like to do. And that was really work with people. And so hence, I changed my major to communication studies and loved every single class. And you know, I had a mentor that, you know, who was a, the dean of students at York College said, you know, Rodney, I think you, you could really be influential in working in the field of higher education. Kind of took me under his wing. Hence, I got to Shippensburg. Hence, I started to work in higher education. And it's been, it's been a fabulous career for me. I don't regret any decision I made. But yes, it's, I'm one of those people that, you know, kind of looked at my skill set. And I use that skill set to help me through my tenure in life. I think that's wonderful. And I think that it comes easier to some people than others. And I think you mentioned a word there, mentor, which when I first started my business, we didn't have mentorship. I mean, it just wasn't a part of business. I always, I always tell others that I, that I learned by the school of hard knocks. But today there are so many programs available for those who are starting a business, for those who are in business, for those who want specific help in an area of business. And these mentorship programs are so rewarding, not only for the individual utilizing the services, but for the people who are giving. Because I think true graciousness and, and, and satisfaction comes from giving back. When you give back, you feel good. And I read a story about this once where we are actually programmed to feel good when we help others. And it's based very, it goes back to prehistoric days because if we didn't have this, there would be no reason to help others because it wouldn't give us satisfaction. But in order to survive, when we helped others, it made us feel better. So we formed communities, we formed groups. And I think that carries through right to today. When we help others, we get a wonderful feeling of satisfaction of giving back. And I know you're very involved in a variety of, of services of giving back. And I think that it is one of the most wonderful things you can do, especially if you want to belong and feel that you are helping create a better. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the project you're involved in? Because I think it's a very, very interesting organization. Absolutely. So the Trevor Project is um, the only national um, organization in United States that offers a 24-hour hotline for any youth up to 25. And I'm sure that, you know, if you're 26, it's totally fine too. But kids struggle with suicide because of their sexuality. You know, it, you know, when I came out, I struggled myself. I was married. I have two kids. And I had recognized that I needed to be authentic with myself. And I needed to also... Um, live the life that I think, again, who I was, and I needed to be honest about that. And it was hard. I was in my 30s. It was probably the darkest time in my life. And some people today say, oh, youth have it so much easier than what we did. I don't necessarily agree with that because there are so many different layers on top of youth right now. You know, as we're talking about, you know, hiding behind the keyboard, these youth are bullied left, right, and sideways of just wanting to be who they are and feeling good about that. And because of that, 
they go to very dark places. They are struggling with their own acceptance of who they are, and they really need a mentor. They need someone to talk to. So as you read in my bio that I've been very committed to helping them financially. Um, I'm more excited that starting next week, I'm um, starting an intense training with them and I'm becoming a, a volunteer crisis counselor. So I will be weekly um, manning or staffing a phone to be able to talk with youth if they need it, because it's it's a way for them because they may not have it in their home life or their personal life somewhere. They're going to have someone to talk to, to be able to recognize that they're not the only ones. And I'm really excited about that. It's, it's my opportunity to be able to share some of my life and the struggles I went through with some of the folks that are younger and starting that, that journey for themselves. You know, on so many levels of what we've discussed today, I mean, communication plays a very significant part. Talking to others, interviewing for a job, doing a course at community college, being involved in 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 something like community projects or volunteer projects, every one of those has communication at the core because communication is such an incredibly strong part of who we are and what we are and how we can function. And the better we are at it, I think it just makes us a fuller, better, happier person. And I think that so many people give up and they will just write or they won't really talk or they will you know, say, well, I, I express it better if I just, if I just write. But verbal communication, I think, touches us on a level that goes back thousands of years because it's the way we communicated. Touch and verbal communication is two of the strongest elements in our life. And we, if we can really become comfortable with that, I think we can offer so much because I think when we are good, when we, are, when we have abilities in certain areas, giving back becomes a very important part of who we are as well because we are able to do that, because we can. And I think that suicide today seems to be a growing um, problem within every country around the world. And sometimes I ask myself, is, is it because coping is more difficult? Is it because the problems are larger? Is it because there's just more emphasis on it? But suicide, I've read articles about teenage suicide that are heartbreaking, that are just... It takes your breath away when you see the numbers of people who have taken their own life because of, of issues, problems, etc. And it, it, it is just a continuing and a growing problem. Do you find that to be true? Absolutely. And I believe if we put the lens of the pandemic on top of this, the isolation that people have felt, you know, in, in, the, in the previous two years, of not being able to do exactly what we're talking about, communicating with others face-to-face, -face, not feeling that touch or feeling that connection or belonging and feeling isolated has only um, compounded the issue of feeling alone and feeling like there's no one else out there like me. And yes, I, I couldn't agree more that, you know, this idea of, you know, suicide and not feeling like you belong and ending your life it's not going away. I think it's probably actually even growing in some way, shapes or form, you know, in our, in our high schools around here, um, we do a lot of programming because it, it, it's youth that are struggling. And if we can get them to a point of, of feeling accepted 
and um, building that esteem of feeling comfortable who they are, they can push through um, some of those things that are taking and pulling them down like an anchor. And we that's the goal. We don't want them to sink. We want them to, to sail, per se. Um, uh, just a curiosity question about this. When you work with youth who are contemplating suicide, do they envision, envision themselves in a certain area that they can't get out? Do they feel that they're trapped in a situation or do they just simply feel that my life is not worth it? I guess it would vary, but when I think of, of, of a teen contemplating suicide, and, and again, the numbers are, are, are just so staggering, and they're at the, at the beginning of their life with so much in their future, and they want to stop that. Is it something that when you are working with them, they, they suddenly see a different vision of what are the possibilities? Is it something that has gone on in their life that has put them in this point? I mean, do you see a thread in teens wanting to commit suicide that is in all of the people you work with, all of the youth you work with? Well, I feel like um, those that are struggling um, with suicide ideation are very myopic and that they can't see a broader way of looking at how they're feeling. So for an example, they feel as if they can't talk with their parents. They feel like they can't come out because they're, they're predicting how people are going to react. And that, and that prediction is something that is holding them hostage. And they can't see anything more than this, that myopic, but I can't do this because, and I think it's our job for people that have made it, that have now been able to push through that, you know, that, that tunnel way of looking and say, there are many ways to look at this situation. Let's put a few in front of you. You know what, you really... Yeah. Yeah, you're bringing right. to the forefront an interesting aspect in that there are many different ways to communicate. Um, and when you go to the core of communication, there are a lot of possibilities of how people communicate. Some communicate with a smile, a great big smile, some verbally. You know, some are great note writers, but it, it's all communication. I mean, it's communication on different levels. Communication is such such a critical part of who we are. It's how we express ourselves. It's how we convey ideas. It's how we help. And um, I, I've told this story before. I remember going into a restaurant and there were the uh, parents were sitting at a table with three of their children and every single one was on an iPhone and not talking. They were just on their iPhone. I think the only time they ever talked was when the waiter came over and asked what they wanted for dinner. They ate with their iPhone. They were, there was just, and I was amazed. I just kept turning around. They probably thought that I was some sort of voyeur. And I was absolutely flabbergasted that nothing was spoken during, during dinner. And it was so sad because I think when you're good with communication, it opens up so many doors. You can make people feel comfortable. You can make people feel happy. You can make people feel like they're empowered. And this is just with the communication you're using. You can give comfort to someone who's suffering. You can tell people how they make you feel and they feel better. I think communication, being competent at communication, is one of the most critically important skills we could have. And I think that there are many ways you can go about working at improving them. And I mean, just taking the internet alone, just, just doing searches on being better at communications, you could probably find out more information than you want to know. But I think that when you have that power, when you have that ability, you're at such an advantage in so many ways. And it really pains me when I see someone on their phone all day or for hours 
instead of verbal communication, because it's not the digital communication that touches us. It's the verbal because of the senses that it involves, of the, the, the pitch of our voice, the facial expressions. It's one of the strongest elements in life, verbal communication. Do you agree with that? Do you feel that that is, you know, one of the best qualities you could have in today's life? And I, I agree with you 100%. And there is not one field out there that you can work in that you don't need effective communication. You are interrelating with people no matter what field you're working in. Let's just say it's in an industry, like trade industry, like plumbing, and you have to go in and you have to talk to somebody. You have to explain something. Or you could be working in a field like me, and I'm interrelating with people all the time. Or if you're in sales, you're still talking with people all the time. You can't escape this notion of effective communication. It is there. And I think if you can master and feel comfortable with it, um, it's going to bring you huge success. The, the return is going to be invaluable. So what is your advice for someone who wants to become better at communication? Someone who wants to really go beyond where they are now and become better, more experienced at it. What would you advise them? My best advice is to be able to um, not put your own um, perimeter around your success. That for, when I say that, that stretch yourself, go beyond the boundary somewhat, put yourself in a situation that might, um, you know, you, you might fail at initially, but you're going to learn from. And I always say to people that, you know, what what are you walking away with? What could you do differently the next time? Let's just say it's a job interview. And you know, that first two or three questions, you didn't nail that first time. Well, how are you going to do it differently the next time? Because you're learning. You're learning. We all can learn. And we all can learn to be better at everything that we do. And we and let's just put the, you know, idea of communication. We can all be better at what, at what and how we communicate. You know, you know, I'm probably going to replay this, this interview again and think, gosh, I wish I could have said something a little differently because we all can do something a little bit better, a little differently, but, you know, just have that introspective look and be able to say, hey, let can do this. And I think that the more you do it, the more comfortable you become. You, you mentioned a word before, which is one of my favorite words in an odd way, and that is failure. And if there were one word I would eliminate in language, it would be failure. Because it's not failure, it's learning. And I always give the illustration, if you made a left turn instead of a right turn, do you say, oh, I failed? Of course not. You said, oh, you know what? I should have made the opposite turn. And you go back and you do it. You've learned from that. And, and when you say failure, don't say failure. It's a lesson. It's a life lesson. I learned from it. You learned that the next time you go, you're going to have to make the right turn. And people tend to think of, quote, failure as something terrible. They failed at it. And you mentioned that failure is nothing more than learning, which I so totally agree with. It's not failing, it's learning. You've learned that that might not be the path you should take. You've learned that you actually don't have much of an interest in that. You've learned that it doesn't work as good this way as it does this way. So it's not failing at something, it's actually learning something. And I think as long as you're learning, it is a wonderful, wonderful path to be on. My personal feeling is when you stop learning, you start dying. And I think that we will be learning for as long as we live. And that's one of the beauties of being able to continue that process. We constantly take in information and we could use it to enhance and, and create better 
a better person that we can be. So it's really very interesting how some people say, oh, I failed. When really what you could say is I've really learned a valuable lesson. And you're talking about the same situation. <laughs> you know, we agreed earlier that um, that negativity kind of like holds you back. Well, failure has a real negative connotation to it, but learning has a real positive connotation to yes. it. We flip the script there and eliminate that notion of I failed, but as you suggested, I've just learned from this. Right, right. We're going to move faster um, forward, uh, you know, and it's going to feel good. Let me ask you a question, too, since this is a show about communications. Did you have a mentor in your career who helped you with verbalizing or, or being a better communicator? Or again, was this a natural skill that you always had? But I'm also interested in, in mentoring because I think that it, it is such a wonderful um, asset that is available to students, to individuals, to adults, to be part of a community that's helping others. And I think when you do help others, you become a much better person, a more confident person, a, a person who really has a lot to offer to others. Yeah, I absolutely had a mentor. When at York College, I, I remember walking up to the dean of students and I said, how do you get to do what you do? Because he looked like he was having a lot of fun. He started, he kind of like put me under his wing and he said, this is, this was his career path. And I think that conversation really stimulated him taking a, a, a real great interest in me working in the field of higher education. And I say that because he started to invite me to different programs where I could learn from and actually eventually put me in charge of things where I could actually take lead, communicate and facilitate conversations. I was a resident assistant. So he asked me, hey, he's like, Rodney, I think it would be a great idea for you to be able to get in front of people. So see, he took that, he, he saw something in me and then he put me in front of people for me to be able to share my story. But what did that do for me? That gave me some confidence that, hey, this is going to be a good career for me. But I was capitalizing on some of the things that I love to do, which was interrelate with people, communicate with people, educate people. I mean, I'm, I'm now 51 working in higher education. I'm constantly educating people, I'm constantly communicating with people. So mentorship is huge. I love having mentors. I worked at Edinburgh University for a little while. And interestingly, um, I, I advised the Student Government Association and there was 11 students on that student government executive board and nine of them are working in higher education right now. You know, it's very interesting you say that because I think as we go through life, people have different influences on us. And I remember I was at a dinner and I said, who was the most influential person in your life? And most people would say, oh, your parents. No one said their parents, which was surprising. Everyone said, oh, you know what? I had a teacher in sixth grade and he was so into science and he made it so interesting. It was why he was why I wanted to be a scientist. And another one would say, the mother of a friend of mine was just so loving. She'd always give me a big hug. And I just learned that showing emotions could make you feel so happy. And it was very interesting. And nine out of 10 times, there was a teacher. And I thought so many times that individual never knows the influence that they had on someone. But it's only later in life that those individuals would say, the reason I'm in this field is because my fourth grade teacher or my sixth grade teacher or my high school teacher or, you know, was a, when I was at university, I, I got this advice and I just it just resonated with me. And I thought it's really interesting how 
we have such an impact on others. And again, how does that impact come come through? With communication, with, you know, being able to convey excitement about something that you do or convey information that resonates with the person. I mean, at the core, so much of life is communication. And I think that being good at it gives you such an advantage because you can create an infinite, an infinite amount of emotions with it. And that is really quite, quite, quite interesting. Have you ever been noted for your communication skills? I mean, has someone said, if only I could be like you with how easily you talk or I, I just, you know, where you've been recognized and commended for that? Well, I'm not sure if it was like in a formal way for part of our job evaluation from my supervisor, there's always a part on there that says written and verbal communication. And I will say that that is always the highest marks by evaluation because I, I, I kind of get energy from being in front of people, interrelating with people. It can be one-on-one, it can be small group, it can be large group. I had this fantastic experience at York College. My daughter went to York College. And I ended up becoming part of the alumni board. Mm -hmm. So I was a parent and an alumni, and they asked me to speak at their convocation. And that was the largest crowd of probably six, 7,000 people that I got welcome to your college. I remember I actually, um, after I was finished, I turned around, I took a selfie. So the crowd was behind me. (laughs) Again, like it's just one of those things where, you know, some people will be scared to death to do that. And I just got this enormous amount of, it was like a rush of like, this is going to be fun. And for me, for me that I loved it. That's, you know, that's just so wonderful to hear because I think when you are in a position of doing things and nothing is ever a hundred percent, I mean, you know, there are ups and downs and some days are great and some days, but when you're doing something you love to do, it gives you such an amazing amount of fulfillment And I think that as pack animals, as humans, that fulfillment is so critical in our own personal happiness, our success, and our ability to touch others. Um, You know, I think it's so, you have such a balance in your life in that on one hand, you're working with students and you're giving them advice and moving them on. And on the other side, you're working with those who are struggling with, you know, with suicide contemplation, with those who just haven't found themselves yet. So you see both sides at the same time. And I think that gives you a very broad perspective and a great understanding of, of an individual's ability and, and their, the difficulties, difficulties that they go through in life. And it doesn't matter how big or how small a problem is, if it's causing disruption in that individual, it's a problem. You know, and I think that what's wonderful is that there are people who can help. And so many times, I think the issue is a lot of times people don't know where to go for help. And when you make it more and more available to them, then it becomes easier and easier for them to, to achieve that balance. But it's, it's wonderful what you do. And it's, it's really wonderful that in all of your areas of, of involvement, you use communications and that the communications make such a positive impact in people's lives. I mean, saying one sentence that's nice, like, I so enjoyed talking to you. It was, it was really very nice. I thought you were very interesting. A person could remember that for the rest of their life about the impression that they made. And it's words. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. But you're, you're making such a positive impact. Now, as we're approaching the end of the interview, I always like to, to ask our guests, 
Is there a question you wish I asked but didn't? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, I think, Deborah, you, you did really well of asking some really great questions. I think I was able to, to talk a little bit about who I am and how I use communications to be an effective person in life and leader and how it helps me advance, you know, being at box. I, 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 I'm going to just say no. All right. Then that makes me feel good because it means that I've covered a lot of the issues that are important to you. So again, we've just given our audience an example of how communications can make an individual feel much better. Um, I so enjoyed having you as a guest today, I must tell you, and I congratulate you for the work you do. It is really, I've always found that the best satisfaction is really, really received when you help others. And I think it's just a part of our, our minds. It's, it's really wonderful that we can give back and we all should give back and we all should have a service or an organization that we can volunteer with in order to give back to society. I think it's our, I think we really have an obligation to do that, but I'm going to get off that because I wanted to tell our audience that if you would like to contact Rodney, do you want to give your contact information? Is that Absolutely. all right? Could they reach you? Okay, mm-hmm. Where could they get in touch with you? So if you wanted to get in touch with me via email, it would be my first and last name, which is Rodney.Altmos, that would be A-L-T-E-M-O-S-E, at Bucks, B-U-C-K-S, dot E-D-U. Um, you can also contact me on the telephone. I would love to, to talk with you. It would be 215-258-7750. I have a very active LinkedIn account. You can just search me by name and find me there as well. Um, or if you just wanted to Google my name, you'll find all sorts of things that I've done out there in the community. Just Google Rodney Altimos and you'll see uh, other ways that you can connect with me. So it, it, it would be great if people would connect. I think it would be wonderful. Could you give the phone number again? Uh, because sure. It's 215-258-7750. Okay, I wasn't, I wasn't sure I heard the whole thing. You have been a wonderful guest, and I, I hope that at some point in the future you can come on again and talk about more of the things that you're doing. I think you're a fine example of someone who is taking in life as well as giving it back, and that's one of the best balances I think anyone could have. So I'm going to sincerely thank you for coming on our show, um, and if there is anything else that you would like to discuss, just let me know. Um, I'd love to have you back at some point in the future, and I congratulate you on the wonderful work that you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right, everyone. I will talk to everyone in a week or so, and please view the recording on Voice America, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did creating it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Communication Matters can be heard on the Voice America Business Channel. Check and listen for new shows every week. Until our next program, keep the communication going.